Welcome to Short Course, episode 62, for May 17th, 2019. I'm your host, Ben Barry. Something I've been thinking about a lot recently is the idea of why exactly it is that I compete. Why do I keep investing so much of my free time and energy and resources into this hobby, into into USPSA? And, you know, why USPSA? Why not IDPA? Why not Steel Challenge? Why not, why not all these other things? And so I thought it was worth talking about some of those things this week. Now, it's worth saying here that I do have an interest in getting as good as I can at USPSA. I What keeps me going, what drives me is the idea that I can always be better. There are always more improvements to be made. Now, that said, that's also realistic within the bounds that this isn't my day job. It's not likely to be my day job ever. And so it is It is actually something weirder and better, which is this isolated, rarefied sort of environment where I get out what I put into it. I can test ideas, see if they work. I can learn lessons and apply them to the rest of my life. But in this sort of simplified, abstracted area where mastery can sort of be tested and evaluated in a relatively objective way from week to week, I can actually use that to develop myself in other areas. So classic example, I would say the biggest lesson that I learned from competition early on was, and this is going to sound a little silly, but it's that you have to practice if you want to get better. And in particular, you have to actually set up targets and go to the range and practice when it's not a match. You can treat a match as practice, but it's not really effective. And in general, you will not get better at shooting matches just by shooting more matches. Now, yes, if you shoot a match every weekend, you will slowly improve. You will probably plateau at some point. Um, you, when the challenges at the matches that you're going to stop sort of pushing your boundaries and you can engage them in your comfort zone and then and then you stop growing. But the, the reason that this was sort of a revelation to me is that when I graduated from college with a degree in software engineering, which is what I do as, as my day job, I thought, okay, like I've, I've, I'm done learning the theoretical stuff. And from here on out, it's just figuring out the tips and tricks and the applications. And I'll just kind of pick that up by doing it every day. I, I might compare this to someone who, you know, graduates a trade school as a carpenter and all they do all day is actually build pieces for a customer, build things that are actually going to be to go out to a customer where you have no chance of experimenting, no chance of, of seeing where the fine edges are. You can't build a test model and then see where the weak points are. If you're actually delivering something that people are going to rely on in whatever your trade is, you always take extra margins of safety and you very rarely experiment and try new techniques because at the end of the day, you don't want that thing, whether it's a, a job you do at someone's house or a product you produce that they take home, you don't want that thing coming back to you and, and having to, to either replace it or redo the work. And so I just, I didn't make that connection coming out of school. And so this idea that, for example, I would sort of write software that wasn't ever actually meant to be used, but it was just a learning exercise. It was sort of a model. It was a study in the same way that a, a woodworker might build something just to try out a new type of joint or a, a new way of making a cut with a particular saw, something like that. That didn't really click, but it was actually 
when I had the, the revelation, and this was part of my journey in, in uh, let's say, between 2012 and 2014, as I basically weaned off of IDPA and, and transitioned fully into USPSA, as I was introduced to the idea of, of actually going to the range and practicing, because in my history from, say, 2011 through about 2013, I just I shot matches. I shot as many matches as I could. I didn't have a membership to a range, and so I just thought, okay, I want to be good at matches, so let me just shoot a lot of matches. And when it finally clicked that that, that that wasn't the way that it worked, I started looking at what actually constituted effective practice. And a few of those attributes were things like you have to be able to do something repetitively over and over again. You have to you have to be able to do something, see if it works, evaluate it, and repeat it, and do that 5, 10, 20 times with a given drill or a given skill. And obviously, you don't ever get to do that at matches. At best, you might have a similar stage one week to the next. But in terms of actually being able to, on the spot, have a bad experience, do a do-over, say, oh, yeah, okay, I kind of missed my grip there. Let me let me do that over again. You don't get to do that in competition, even at the club level. And so taking this idea that effective practice involves actually doing, quote-unquote, meaningless work. You, you have to go to the range and shoot targets that, yeah, you're, you're scoring them, kind of, but you're not writing down the score. You're not tracking the score. You're, you're just shooting to learn something about the process, doing that kind of meaningless work and being able to do it repetitively so that you can iterate on something and, and try a few different variations and start to get a feel for what feels right and what feels wrong. That Once I sort of made that connection in the simplified world of shooting, then it started to transfer back over and I said, okay, if I actually want to practice at being a better programmer, what does that look like? Well, I need to do pointless work. So I need to write programs that aren't actually going to be used by anyone, but by producing them, by experimenting, by trying things, I can sort of learn about myself and, and about the techniques and the, the particular tools that I'm using. And and I need to do it repetitively. One of the ideas that is sort of baked into, I think, programmer culture is the idea that you want to solve, you only want to solve each problem once. If you can avoid working through solved problems, do it. Just use somebody else's solution. And I actually realized that there's there's actually value in taking something that's already done and re-implementing it yourself just to really understand how the ins and outs of it work. And so I took that lesson that I had sort of learned from shooting and, and applied it back to my life. And that's one example. Like I said, that's probably the, the first really big one. But that's the kind of thing that having the the simplified, abstracted world of shooting as a, as a hobby, as a mastery exercise, as, as somewhere where I can experiment and learn things and then apply them back to my everyday life and, and pass them along to people, that that's really what keeps me interested in it. It's the fact that I'm always learning and I'm always getting better. And those lessons aren't just narrowly, <laughs> they aren't just confined to the actual mechanics of gripping a gun and pulling a trigger. They're, they're sort of these overarching lessons, these patterns that, that I find interesting. And the more time I spend in the sport, sort of the more I discover them or the more deeply I understand them. And so doing that turns out to be way more satisfying than say watching TV. Or I, I used to play a lot of video games. And honestly, the thing that, that got me away from video games is the way that the, the way the grind would reset when, when a new game would come out, you know, every year the new call of duty would come out and boom, you're back to level zero and all your, you know, whatever unlocks and everything that you had, it's all gone. If you want to, if you want to play the latest and greatest, you got to start back at zero and invest a hundred hours. Just getting back to where you were 
before the new game came out. And I mean, you look at something like USPSA or IDPA, if you're good at shooting, you can you can be classified very well very quickly in any of the sports. In IDPA, you just shoot whatever the, the actual classifier is. In USPSA, worst case, you have to shoot four club matches. If you can catch a classifier match, it might be only one match. But more than that, I mean, classifiers aside, if you're if you just happen to be good at shooting and you show up to your first match, there's no requirement that stops you from winning overall at your first match. Now, reality, generally speaking, stops that just because it's exceedingly rare that somebody who has no experience in sort of competition shooting actually comes in and, and does really well, which I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I mean, I, it feels very exclusionary, but it also tells me that there's nothing else out there that really, well, let's put it this way. Either there's nothing else out there like USPSA that really teaches good shooting and good accuracy at speed, or USPSA and to a lesser extent IDPA are such a rarefied example that skills that you learn in a practical environment don't transfer over. I don't think it's the second one, but let's say that it's theoretically possible. But either way, it, it is very interesting to me that if you, you know, let's say you were in Antarctica for a year and all you had was a Pocket Pro 2 and a cert pistol or, a, you know, some way you could dry fire your butt off, come back and shoot your first match and and do well and, and win if you if you were that good it's not there isn't a, a sort of arbitrary hierarchy that you have to climb or points that you have to earn or you know ranks that you have to climb up it's just the the, the game is what it is the, the the person showing up and shooting their first match according to the system is on an equal playing field with someone who's been in the sport for 20 years now the person with 20 years of experience probably has skills that puts them above the person who whose first time it is but if some guy just got out of the military and did some really cool high speed shooting and is, you know, the skills transfer over, then he could do very well. And I think that's, I think that's another aspect of competition, particularly USPSA, that, that is one of the reasons that it's, it's stuck with me is, is that fact that it is, it is so pure. It's so unsystematic. It's so just your scores aren't based on anything except what happens on the timer when you step up on that day. There, there's nothing else. There's no baggage that you carry into it. You're, you're not scored differently if you're a GM than a C-class shooter. Like it's, it's all just the same. And there's a utility to me in that fact because I think everywhere else in life, whether it's work, family, social relationships, everything else is so subjective it, it's hard to know if you're doing the right thing sometimes you can have a you know you can be having the same conversation with a coworker for six months and then one day they'll come to you and say hey you know what you're actually right about that and then everything flips but until they you actually get get all the way down the road it's it's hard to know if you're making progress there's certainly no scoring system in relationships with people where you know like okay is this working is this not am i on the right track is this is this the way to go should i keep going should i stop but USPSA gives you that competition in whatever flavor, three gun, IDPA, steel challenge. I really don't want this to be, to, to say that USPSA is the only place to get it. It's just the place that I found it most strongly. But the, there's something about competition and the individual nature of it, the, the fact that there is no legacy, there's no history necessarily when you come in to score. Your, your results on a given day are only the product of what you did that day. 
And so you can try things. You can experiment. You can change your your dry fire for a month, which is a lot. Like if you if you are dry firing three times a week and you get 12 sessions in over the course of a month and you've changed your process, you should have a pretty good idea at that point if what you're doing is working. And sometimes it doesn't even take that long. Once you once you do this long enough, once you develop a a, a sort of feel for the mastery, then you can actually start telling earlier and earlier with less and less evidence if something's good or not. Now, y- you start to be able to tell, okay, this is this will be good even if in the short term it's a, a step backward. But even recognizing that that is a reality, that 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 most things in the long run that are net improvements in the short run do cause some some penalty, some degradation in proc- in performance. Even that I would say is is a lesson that I have learned from competition that if you want to be better in the long run, you have to be willing to eat a small performance penalty and, and struggle a little bit and be, you know, be worse than you thought you were for a short period of time in order to get better than you were before. That's that's something that I learned in competition. And then when I'm out in the real world, when I'm at my job or I'm, I'm at a, in a social situation and I, I feel that same feeling, I can I can say I can tell myself that it's okay I'm like oh, okay like I'm, I'm getting better this is I'm making progress here this is just the the short-term dip before the before the climb and there's even a lesson there about the way that you fix something the way that you eliminate something that shouldn't be in your technique whether whether your technique is shooting or what you do for your job or the way you interact with your in-laws I mean whatever it is the way that the, the first step to addressing that is learning the feeling of when something bad is happening and so a classic example in shooting would be something like when you can finally learn what it feels like when you tense up your hand right as you pull the trigger and you jerk the shot low or low left that it's so easy to to lose that subtle motion right before the gun goes off in the the gun recoiling that a lot of times people don't even know that they're doing it but what i found and i i feel privileged to have gotten to do a little bit of teaching last year where I was able to share some of that and, and see the light bulb come on for people. What I found in, in those classes mirrored my own experience, which is that the first step to solving any any problem like that is just detecting when it's happening. It's just learning what it feels like when it happens. And so that might be a, a particular way the sight moves or a lack of seeing the front sight when the gun goes off or feeling a, a particular jerk in, in your hands as you as you pull the trigger. But that the first step to solving that is not actually necessarily understanding the cause, but just learning to feel when it's happening. And that that's another lesson that has just applied across my life and, and in other areas where as soon as you feel yourself in a, say, in a conversation and you start to go down a certain road and you're like, oh, nope, I know where this is going to go. Let me stop right here before I even get that sentence out of my mouth and let's take it a different way. I don't know what the right answer is. I don't know exactly what the right thing to say here is, but I know that that thing that I've said before will not help this conversation. And so I'm going to say something else. And I don't, you know, and so you just start, you just start trying other options, but just learning to detect an error as early as possible and then change course and, and start to develop, you know, try other techniques. That's a lesson that, that I've taken away from competition. And one thing that I want to talk about that I mentioned earlier in the show that, that I want to close the loop on is is why why I personally think that USPSA, while you can learn a lot of these lessons in, in any of the shooting sports, why I think USPSA particularly 
rewards mastery. And it's, it's for a very simple reason. I think it has to do with the scoring system. And if you look at any other scoring system where you have a, a time plus score, then a saving a second anywhere in your score, whether you're, let's say you're finishing at a, at a match where the match winner in an IDPA match, let's say, and the match winner shoots with an overall adjusted time of like 75 seconds. Well, if you can save a second and you're right behind that guy, or you can save a second when you're at 200 seconds in your final score, a second is a second. What's interesting about USPSA is because of the way the math works of hit factor, the, the higher the hit factor goes, the better your score gets, the, the more impact any given change has on your score. So a tenth of a second saved is actually worth more the better your score gets. So if you shoot a stage and you have a four hit factor, then a tenth of a second is worth 0.4 points. But if you shoot a 10 hit factor, then a tenth of a second is worth an entire point. And so the, the better your scores get, as you as you climb the diminishing returns curve, which let's assume is exponential, then you actually are, are playing into a scoring system that is also exponential, where the, the better your score gets, the the more each each small improvement actually shows up. And so I think in a in a sort of linear scoring system like IDPA, any kind of time plus three gun scoring, then those those small marginal improvements all the way at the high end they they sort of get lost in the noise just because saving half a second or a, a whole second here and there i mean a, you know half a second on a 180 second three gun stage or something I, I don't i don't know what's realistic for three gun but let's say that it, it just it doesn't matter but i think one of the things about uspsa the way the math works is as you as you get better and better as the the smaller and smaller increments as your mastery delivers you smaller and smaller increments of improvement, they actually are rewarded more and more by the, by the exponential scoring system. And by the same token, the more time you spend in the sport, the more you can kind of take out the variations, the more that little things about inconsistencies from stage to stage, you you tend to be able to remove those. And so you actually can get a very, clean and pure measurement of your actual skill for the most part on most stages at at most matches and so you're you're not really subjected to outside influences you can actually get a a pretty good idea of, of where you sit and so you can actually measure feedback and you can say is this working is this not working and and you can actually use that as a guide and i know for me certainly it's it's been nice there have been times in my career where Things haven't been great, and I've either been sort of stalled out or kind of having rough. You know, I mean, everybody goes through times at work where you're in a group that's that's not the best, or you you have a tense situation. And there's something nice about just having something to come home to, just a nice, clean, dry fire session where you know that if you put the gear on and and do your five drills that you wrote down that you want to work on today, and you do them for five minutes each, and then you take the gear off, you can. You know, you can at least go to bed knowing that you've accomplished something. There's that sense of constant forward progress just just from sort of putting in the time and following the process and, and doing work that honestly is not always there, or I, I would say probably is rarely there consistently. It's it's more often than not missing in, in something like a, a, a workplace scenario. Now, you know, things ebb and flow, so you might you might be in a workplace where things are really moving and shaking, and ironically, those are usually the times when you have the least time to practice. But it's it's still nice just to have something 
simple, something clean, something separate from all the social entanglements and separate from all of the the for lack of a better word, drama that that can get come up in, you know, in work or in family or in social relationships. And to just be able to show up, shoot, get your score, look at it objectively, especially in the in the age of practice score and ubiquitous match video, really be able to to dig in and and find the small errors and understand why things went wrong. You know, it's not like playing a game of pick up basketball where over the course of the, I mean, nobody's sitting there filming the whole game. So it's not like you can go back and watch your game footage and you're not really, you know, you, something's going wrong, but you're not really sure what. And you're, it's always different people that are on your team. And so you can never really quite tell what it is that you're doing wrong. Or is your team, do, do you just keep getting bad teams? There's none of that. It's, it's a, it's a clean, almost borderline scientific place to, to measure results and, and see improvement. And um, that's what keeps me in it. Well, that wraps up this episode of Short Course. You can follow me on Instagram at bsbarry and on Facebook at benbarryshooting. My email is podcast at barryshooting.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, consider buying a shirt at barryshooting.com shop. I'll talk to you next time.